my neighborhood is all decorated for Halloween. If you walk on any street, you'll see some houses that are elaborate decorations, some are just real simple, a couple pumpkins here or there. And uh, as I walk by them, a lot of times I will miss a reference because they're referencing a horror movie, and I'm not a horror movie guy. I have some friends who like that, good for them. I just don't like, I, 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 I'm, I guess I'm a sensitive soul. But one of the reasons I don't like horror movies is the monster is actually scariest before you actually see it. The, the fin of the shark and Jaws or, or whatever it is and aliens and all of that. Well, there was this lady in Oregon uh, and the, the principle extended to her and into the interior of her home. So she lived in Oregon and uh, the, the Washington County Sheriff's officers responded to a 911 call from her. She had a burglar that was locked in her bathroom. She saw shadows shifting under the door and, and the officers appeared on the scene and they heard this persistent rustling under the same door and they issued a, a bunch of commands, come out! You know, they brought in the canine unit. Uh, they had backup outside and they finally opened the door and with guns drawn, the deputies opened this door to encounter the suspect an automated robot vacuum. It was a Roomba in the sheriff's office. They, they had to talk to the reporters and they said, we entered the bathroom and saw a very thorough vacuuming job being done by the Roomba vacuum cleaner. Like that was their official statement from the Washington County Sheriff's Deputy Brian Rogers. Like he also said that the suspect was not taken into custody. However, it's likely to be sentenced to several months of continuous domestic servitude. So think about this. And in the eyes of God, things that you and I are afraid of can, can be insignificant. They, they must be insignificant through the eyes of God. And the fears, they, they don't just make us scared. They can keep us from living out our calling. They can affect our relationships. They can affect our health. And God commands us over and over throughout the scriptures, don't be afraid. The command is for us not to be afraid because nothing exists outside of God's control and God's enemies are impotent in comparison to God's power. So we've been touring through the core values of the denomination we, we, uh, we belong to. And this week I want to talk to you about this, this value of relying on God. The way it's written out in the document, is, it goes like this. We confess our dependence on God for everything and seek to deepen our intimacy with him by living prayerfully. And this one, if you take a look, uh, we've got links uh, on our website, sgbic.com. You can look through all the, the core values. That's initially what drew me to Solid Ground Church. I resonated with the language in there, and those were it put the, those put words to values Marie and I were already living out. And this one is really unique. It, it pops out to me that they would take the time to write out a statement about relying on God. And if you compare the statement to the others, most of them are actions that you can do. But the language is different in this one. It's we confess. 
that we need to rely on God. The other ones talk about we read the Bible, we live a lifestyle of worship, we obey Jesus, we participate in the community, we share Jesus with the world, we serve others, we pursue peace, a lot of actions, a lot of, a lot of doing, we live uncluttered lives, we live simply, and those are great values. But at the same time, we're gonna fail at all of those values at some point or another because we're human. And especially if we try to live out those values all on our own, good grief, that's, that's an impossible value list to, to transfer from paper to a real life. But that's where the good news comes in. We don't have to live those values out on our own. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, it goes like this. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest truly meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. This verse says that Jesus is the one who saves us. Like These are values that we want to live out, but our starting point is Jesus. Our starting point is what Jesus has done for us. This, uh, this verse that we just read, it references the, the sacrificial system and in, 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 uh, in kosher laws. Like there was a priest who would intercede for the people and go to God on behalf of the people uh, a couple times a year for this or for that. And this, this book of Hebrews is saying that sacrificial system is done. Like Jesus is the one who saves us. And every uh, right-believing, uh, Bible-believing, Jesus-following church believes that Jesus was fully God and is fully human. How amazing is it that Jesus knows what you and I are going through? And it's not condescending when Jesus meets us at that thing that we're, fear, we're fearful of. Whatever, what's your, what's your Roomba vacuum that makes you scared of? Going back to that first story. Jesus, Jesus has experienced that, but didn't succumb to it. That didn't hold him back. He was also fully God, but he has experienced the full range of human emotions. And this verse says, who better to intercede for us? Like he's in heaven interceding, like praying for us as we pray when we don't know what to pray. I love, there's a couple times in scripture where it talks about groaning. <laughs> when, when you're hurting so bad, when you're so stressed, when you are up against it so much you don't even have the words to pray and you're just uh, like those sighs, those groans. Because of this verse, I think that Jesus translates those. And he's, he's saying, I hear you, I hear you. And I even know what you're saying even though you don't. Fully God, fully human, interceding, praying for us when we fail to live out our values, when we fail to live uh, to the high standards that, that we want for ourselves, or even God's dreams for our life. But think about that. that. I have a robot vacuum at my house, and it is, it is loud, it's annoying. But think about that story. I, I can actually see where it would be scary if it was stuck in a bathroom. But what are the robots in your life? What are those robot vacuum stories in your life? What, what thing are you afraid of? Who are you afraid of? When you're afraid, what do you run to when you're afraid? When you're afraid, who do you run to? What are the voices in your, heads that, in your head that gives you comfort? 
what are the things that, that you run to uh, your, you know, when we're when you're little, it's a security blanket, it's a it's a stuffed animal. When you're a little bit older, there's all these different things. As adults, what do you go to when when you're depending on something to save you from whatever monsters are in your life, whether they're robot vacuums or real life monsters? Think about those moments when you need something from outside of yourself to save you. That's the moment when confessing our dependence on God is crucial. We're so, and I think that that moment when you're scared, you feel weak, you feel vulnerable, you feel like things might fall apart. When, when we're aware of this, that moment when you're aware of your dependence on God, I think that's the moment when you're actually the strongest. That's the moment when you're the safest, when you're running to God with those things because God's already right there and and it, it like opens up this conduit within your heart then things are like all in alignment because so often when things are going well we think I got this no problem I got the no worries God I'll take it from here for the next couple weeks and then something happens in your life oh God I need you so here's the statement again we confess our dependence on God for everything and seek to deepen our intimacy with him by living prayerfully. So, just for a moment, let's confess, let's confess our dependence on God right now. Maybe you need to just pause this. If you need to pause this, we're going to be here. We'll be on YouTube. This is going to live forever on, on the internet. Right now, think about the fact that you are dependent on God. What do you need to confess? God, I'm depending on you for, what is it? Fill in the blank for yourself. Take a couple minutes to just talk to God about it. Maybe you need to write it out on a sticky note. God, I'm depending on you for confidence. God, I'm depending on you for my health. God, I'm depending, whatever it is, make a note, put it in your phone, uh, make a document. But just start talking to Jesus and confess what you're depending on God for. But then that second part, welcome back if you actually followed my uh, instructions and, and pause this. If you're unpausing it now, welcome back. But take that second part of the mission statement to deepen our intimacy with him by living prayerfully. I liked, and I missed this the first you know, few dozen times I've read that statement, that it connects you know, dependence on God with intimacy. Dependence isn't weakness. Dependence isn't something bad. It's actually intimacy with the living God. And how do we do it? By living prayerfully. You know, why, why is that important? Well, it's important because Jesus says it's important. In John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I love this statement because it, it, it captures the goal for our life. Dependence on God and confessing our dependence on God captures the goal for our life, which is union with Jesus, being with Jesus. If we're with Jesus, everything else that flows from, out, from that it's, an, it's a good outcome. But the whole goal is for us to be with Jesus. When we're with Jesus, our lives are changed. 
when our lives are changed from being with Jesus, we're changed from the inside out, and the good behavior flows from that. If you try to start at the end goal of, of, of doing what Jesus did and obey your way into being with Jesus, the order is flipped and it, it goes out into legalism or it, it goes off in all kinds of wonky directions. But the goal, Jesus just wants us to be connected to him. And doesn't that sound great? Isn't that so flowery? Union with Jesus. And we, we talk about this a lot. This verse touches on our roadmap for the spiritual life here at Solid Ground. Be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. Before we get too far down that road, let's think about that for a minute. How do we be with Jesus? I love, I love the construction, the grammar of that. How, how do you be with Jesus? How do you do that? Or like the value statement says, how do we live a prayerful life? So I read uh, one person was describing the prayerful life and said, prayer, it's much more than throwing a bag of words at God. That has a ring to it. I used to get stressed out about prayer. <laughs> what am I gonna say? What if I run out of words to say? And I, I was taught, it's a conversation. It's not all about just blabbering on. Um, and, and God can take that. If you're in a season where you just need to unload and I call it doing a brain dump, God can totally handle that. But it's so much more. It's, it's not merely throwing a bunch of words at God. So I wanna talk about just some practical ways and so this is the challenge. I dare you to do some of this this week. Be with Jesus. So whether it's doing, uh, throwing a bag of words at God, if that's where you need to start, great. But here's one that I haven't given much thought to until very recently. Wait on God. You know, that's not really a stated value in our culture. There's a, they, there's a, a scripture verse. I didn't put it in my notes, but they that wait upon the Lord uh, shall renew their strength. This image of an eagle rising above the clouds, waiting on God. We don't really like to wait in our culture. We don't like to wait. We like to do. We like to move. We like, we like things fast, your way, right away, right now. Uh, there's a, a, a theologian, philosopher, Henry Nouwen says, he says, waiting is not a popular attitude. But think about it. Connect waiting and praying about what you're waiting on. Ooh, baby, that's where dependence on God really kicks in. You may be doing this already and you don't realize it. Maybe you're already being with Jesus because you're waiting on something and you keep talking to him about it. And instead of seeing God as late, what if you see this as a chance to be with God and let Jesus bring you comfort there? So I wanted to point that out because maybe you're already spending time with God. Maybe you're already aware. Maybe you're already dependent on God, but you're not aware of it. Confess that dependence. God, I'm waiting on you for my loved one to come back to the right path. God, I'm waiting on you because it feels like no one sees me. I, I, God, I'm waiting on you to provide uh, some recognition for me in my job or in my family, whatever it is for you. Wait on the Lord, because he sees you. Another way that we can just be with Jesus, incredibly practical, is, is using the scriptures that we have and, and use them as an outline for your prayer. Praying the scripture is one way to be 
with Jesus. You can grab a psalm. You can, you can, um, you can do a Google search saying, I'd like to pray through scriptures, good scriptures to pray through. And find some of those. Maybe you have some of your favorites. But as you pray through these scriptures, don't just read just to get the content. Let the scriptures read you. Read slowly and carefully and, and start to sense the meaning for sure. But look for, look for ways as you're reading slowly and carefully, look for ways to, to hear God speaking to you through those words. God's words, the scriptures, it's alive, it's living, it's, it's useful, it's practical. It's also God's words. You can find the Lord in what you're reading, in the very words themselves. And then you can use that as a template for your prayer. And that's kind of like a conversational prayer. It's, just a, it's almost like God is speaking to you through those words. And we've already mentioned before, like talking to God. Some people, I have some Anglican friends that love the common book of prayer. And when they read those prayers, it seems really formal to me to, to read prayers. But I have some friends who've, who've read those prayers and we're praying together. And they're praying from the heart. I'm like, oh, that's so beautiful. So whether you have a formal prayer that you're reading or you're improvising, improvisational prayer, it's got to be from the heart, no matter which end of that spectrum you're on. But talk to God and get into a rhythm of talking to God. So I love the idea. I've got a couple friends that set reminders on their phone. So they've got, uh, they don't have a Fitbit like me. They've got like an Apple watch or whatever, and their watch will buzz a couple times a day. And that's their reminder to stop and pause and they pray. Sometimes it's a long prayer. Sometimes it's, it's a short one. But talking to God, just being with Jesus, sitting in silence, that's really hard for some of us. And listen, you know, you can talk for a while, but then wait on God, spend a couple minutes, maybe with a journal close by. And then if you sense God speaking to you, write out like a letter to yourself from God and think, Think about what would God say to me about this problem? What would God say to me about how I'm feeling right now? So when I'm being with Jesus intentionally, I organize my times like this. It's, it works out roughly this way. I read scripture. I think about the scripture. Then I talk to God about what I've just read. And sometimes I let God talk to me and I, I sense. I don't always hear a big booming voice. I don't hear a voice um, but sometimes I just know what God is saying to me. And then I, I, I ask God, help me to live this out and make the rest, of my time, the rest of my day or the rest of my night. God, help me to make the rest of my day or night a prayer to you. So I read, I think, I pray, and I live because I need that connection to God. The, like I said before, the Christian life is impossible to do if you're on your own. But we don't have to do any of this on our own. It's a wonderful thing about surrendering yourself, your life to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is our connection. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is, it's, it's actually better that I go so I can give you the gift, the comforter, the, 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 the refresher that comes alongside of you and, and, and can uh, empower you to do things that you could never do on your own. So if you've never like, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, maybe you've you're been trying to do some of this on your own and you thought that, that following Jesus was more like of an external thing and all these rules to follow, I want to pray for you right now. 
That not only as you say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you, but that God's spirit, that you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit, that his spirit will, will live inside of you and give you that. It's, I, I think of it almost like a spiritual heart transplant. I wanna, and, and if that's you, I want you to reach out to us saying like, hey, I need to follow Jesus. I want to confess my dependence on God. Uh, but I want you to, you can put it in the comments. You can reach out to us personally. We'd love to pray with you and walk you through that process. As we, as we live in this awareness of our dependence on God, our, uh, our life can echo this old, old uh, line of, of song lyrics that I came across doing research for this. It says, Lord, I just don't understand this strange creature you call man who thinks he lives by his own hand, but I know there's no life away from you. So whether you're here for the first time or you've been here for a really long time, let's together just confess, reaffirm our dependence on God together. So join me in prayer right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we confess that we need you. God, we lay down all the things that we've been trying to carry on our own, especially those things that we were never designed to carry. God, we surrender our lives to you. We surrender the outcome of our lives. We surrender that to you. And we ask that as we point our hearts towards you, that, that we will be connected to you and that even our, our everyday, the mundane tasks of our lives will become a prayer to you. May we be with you. May you make us, please make us like you so that we can do the things that you did. So it's by your power and in your name we pray, amen. So like I said before, if you prayed that and meant it, whether it's the first time or, or you're coming back to, to the right path, please let us know. We want to journey with you. And until we're together again, may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine down upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, amen.